millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. We are in our studio this week with Pastor Mansoor Kajipur. <laughs> he is the pastor of a congregation in the Seattle area. He is also one of the leaders of the Bible Society of Iran, and we are going to talk about that work. Pastor Mansoor, welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Brother Todd. This is an honor, a great joy to be at the Voice of the Martyrs and the VOM radio, and also seeing Brother Todd in person. What a joy. <laughs> well, it is a, an honor for me as well. Back to the beginning, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus in Iran? Uh, so when I was 14, the revolution in Iran took place, the 1979 revolution, and we had a lot of freedom. In fact, Iran was the strongest ally of the United States in the region and a very westernized society until the revolution happened. When the revolution happened, things changed. I mean, many people were in the streets shouting against nation, different nations, including the United States of America. At that time, I was excited to be a part of the mob in the streets, and I was just kind of excited to follow the directions of the Islamic government. One day in 1981, I saw a cross on the top of a building in a Muslim fanatic city of Mashhad. A couple of weeks before that, I, along with two friends of mine, Mas'ud and Majid, the three of us have already burned a bookstore that belonged to the Mujahideen, an opposition group to the government. So I decided to do the same thing. At night, I went and visited the two friends and I told them the story. The three of us rode our bikes the following day to the church. As we arrived at the church, the door was closed. I rang the bell and an elderly lady with a pale face and gray hair, green eyes, appeared at the door and with a, with a very thick Christian accent. And I say Christian for some of your listeners. They know that Iran recognizes Christianity if and only if it is Armenian or Assyrian, traditional Christians. Otherwise, people like me, the Muslim background believers, are not recognized as Christians. And she, with a very thick accent, said, how can I help you? And I say, I am here to see the Mr. Church. I didn't know the term pastor. And she left and she said, well, our pastor died and we buried him yesterday. All of a sudden, I felt bad that when people are in painful situation, even a Muslim has empathy, has compassion. And this woman, whom I never met after that, she said, yeah, that's okay, but don't worry. There is another church just about half a mile north of us. They are all Farsi-speaking people, and their pastor is alive. Go and see them. <laughs> that woman was the Billy Graham of my life. She did not share the gospel by telling me the, the fundamentals of the faith, but she directed me the right direction. We went to the other church, we're so confused, but at least who wants to fight an elderly lady? So when we saw the alder sign as we entered that little alley, we saw a huge uh, sign in yellow saying the Presbyterian Church of Mashhad. And then underneath, 
there was a cross. Over that cross, God is love. I still to this day, that picture still is in my mind. When we entered that little alley, I started feeling a little bit weird. So we knocked the door. A young man opened the door with a lot of books in his hand, and he did not have that Christian accent. He said, what can I do for you? And I said, we are here to see the pastor. And he said, he'll be here at the church on Sundays. Today is not Sunday. Go come back on Sunday at 5 p.m. I said, okay. And then he said, if you take one of these books that he was carrying, you will make my work easier. I said, how much? He said, nothing. So I said, yeah, sure. Each of us took a Bible. So I read the entire New Testament. On Sunday, I went to the church. People came with neckties and suits and fancy outfits. People were talking or singing in Farsi, not Arabic. And then a man came, started talking for a long talk, 20 minutes of nonstop talks. And then at the end of the service, a bunch, of, a couple of bag- beggars came with a bag, asked for money. I read the gospel. It was not God's word to me. I went to a pr- worship. It was not a worship to me. I went to a question and answer with the pastor. I sat down and asked him several questions. He said, I'll answer one question today. Come next Sunday for next question. He dragged me into the church for three months. In the course of the next three months, I forgot about the whole burning. I was more eager to kind of corner him. We had three French Catholic missionaries who were medical missionaries. We called them Schusters, little sisters, that they came with educations and calling to serve as missionaries in the lepers' hospital of Mashhad. Leprosy is considered unclean, similar to the Bible, to the Old Testament among Muslims. So these French ladies came to serve the people who had skin disease in our town. These three ladies were coming to the Presbyterian church. At the time of fellowship, one of the ladies, one of these schusters, was carrying a tray with plates, the other person a cup of tea, and the other person a piece of pastry. These elderly foreign ladies were serving the local young people of Iran. It rejects everything that I've been trained. In my culture, the younger serves the older. The locals serve the foreigners. It was the vice versa that helped me to constantly watch them. Right in the middle of a long time of prayer, they were humming one of the hymns without using their words. They were just humming the music. I felt the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I closed my eyes. And as soon as I closed my eyes, in the middle of their humming, I started praying loudly with a loud voice, and I gave my heart to Christ. Long story, but God's story. God's story. Amazing. I'm interested, Pastor Mansour, in the in the changes that happened in Iran, because you mentioned you know, the Islamic Revolution, but there were still churches open. Yeah. What changed over those years to now, today, as I understand it, there's no above-ground churches in For the Iran, Iranian people, for, for the Farsi-speaking for Farsi people. speakers. Yes. How did that transformation happen? In 1980, when the war between Iran and Iraq took place, eight years of war, already Western missionaries, Americans, Brits, Germans, etc., have been kicked out of Iran. Majority of the Armenians and Assyrians have already left Iran. It was not a good place to live anymore. 
the remaining people in the churches, like the church that I went first, were a few remnants of the Armenian and Assyrian backgrounds, but with a lot of and growing group of Iranian or Farsi-speaking or Muslim background believers coming to church to search, to study. It was a new era. A lot of it, a sort of enlightenment took place in Iran after the revolution. People became more educated, started reading more, etc., including questioning the faith like I did. Mm -hmm. Now, with that, the church started growing slowly. It was a different feeling, Brother Todd, up until the end of the war. When the war ended in the late 80s, then Iran started challenging Christians and other opposition people, different people. In 1993, they martyred several people. Three of the names are in the beautiful wall of Voice of the Martyrs. Bishop Heiko Sepion, the Reverend Mehdi Dibaj, a close friend of ours, and also Bahram. Two of the other names is the Reverend Tataus Mikhailian and also Reverend Hossein Sudmand, who was the first person that officially was hung by the Iranian government for conversion from Islam to Christianity. What are some of the things you remember about those men before they laid down their lives for Christ? I used to go on Friday afternoons. I was going to the Assemblies of God Church in Mashhad. As I was, and this is Reverend Sudman's, Martyr Sudman's home. On the second floor, he was living. The first floor, as you walked through the hallway on the left, next to the wall, there was a crafting table with one book and one pen and a little notepad on it. And that book was the Bible. The Reverend Martyr Sudman was the first person in my life that I saw for the honor of God's holy word was standing and reading God's word. Wow. So even as he studied it. As he studied it for write himself. Write his sermons or whatever. Now, here's the second story. One day, we were both of us are traveling to Tehran for two different purposes. It's just about 600 miles travel. We normally would have left in the afternoon on a bus getting to Tehran early in the morning. So it happened that I was on the same bus that he was. We didn't plan this together. I said, hi, hi, we just saw each other. And then he was two rows ahead of me on the right side. The entire night, Brother Todd, any time that I woke up, he had a little flashlight holding down and reading his Bible. The entire night he did not sleep. Maybe he didn't like bus rides. I don't know, but this is the best thing that can happen in any Christian's life. When you read the Bible at every single moment, the Word of God becomes not just a source of encouragement for your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God, but also it will be your Word is a light to my, and to my feet and a, and a lamp to my path. The Word of God will become the source of understanding who God is. The Word of God becomes a clear answer at what the destiny of man is. The Word of God becomes clear. What does transformation mean? What does glorification mean? And all these things, the more you read, the more your body, your, your whole mind, your whole life is being kind of poured with the Word of God, the stronger you will be in faith. When I was in prison... Following Reverend Sudman's case of reading a lot of study, a lot of Bibles, when I was in prison, I didn't have Bible, but I had a lot of memory verses, and I was repeating those with a loud voice in my heart, 
in my lips, and that really helped me. I was singing songs to the glory of God, glory of God that helps me. How did it affect your faith as a follower of Christ when pastors in Iran start being killed for their faith? Friends, Brother Todd, let's pray that there will be an even more intense persecution on Christianity in the United States of America than what it is today. When persecution happens, the church will become stronger. Yeah. The harder you push down a basketball on the floor, the farther high it will go, the stronger it gets. Christianity is not a normal humanity, flesh and blood. It's a flesh and blood with the, with, filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, pressure and persecution makes you stronger and also growing both numerically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Persecution is the cause for the exponential and unprecedented growth of Christianity in Iran. Today, when we see that in my town, Mashhad, the religious city of Mashhad, in that city, we used to have four churches before the revolution and two after the revolution. Today, I want to encourage your listeners, Brother Todd, there are more churches in the very city of Mashhad than mosques in that city. Wow. That's a major statement I make. Prove me wrong. Do you know why I know this? Because churches are not limited to buildings anymore. In every corner, at every little alley, there is a couple of house churches. In 1981, when I gave my heart to Christ, my dad kicked me out of home, said, you're not my child. Today in my family, there is a lot of people who follow Jesus Christ. Amen. With the Bible Society, we used to receive one call every now and then to send them one copy of the Bible. Today, (laughs) Brother Todd, this is God. This is God. And when God is in control, the more pressure on us will make make us stronger. When persecution becomes more intensified in the United States of America, church will be more purified and will grow even further. Amen. How did you get involved with the Bible Society? Around four years after I gave my heart to Christ, a pastor came from the capital city of Tehran to our town, Mashhad, to baptize 20-plus people. I said, who is the pastor that will be baptizing? I said, oh, that's Pastor Sepehri. And the girl next to him is Nahid, his daughter. She has the entire Bible memorized, and whatever you tell Nahid, she will answer that with a verse from the Bible. Two years later, I was admitted to Tehran University to study business management. So as I walked in that huge crowd, all of a sudden I saw a lady that I have met in Mashhad that knows the Bible, right? So I ran to her and said, Salam, Sister Nahid. And she said, Salam. I said, do you remember me? She said, no. (laughs) She said, kind of just so disappointing, but I didn't give up. Brother Todd, five years later, I went on my knees and I asked that lady, would you please pray with me for marriage? And that woman is my wife of 30 years. At that time, she was working for the Bible Society of Iran. Before we got married, the Bible Society of Iran was confiscated and closed by the Iranian government. February of 1990, the government closed the, the whole function of and uh, confiscated the building, etc. The passion that Nahid did have and continues to having for the Word of God, 
continue to be visible in her life. In 1996, we came to the United States of America as refugees. Following two times imprisonment, we fled Iran and through Greece, we came to the United States. And uh, a few years, just we were serving the Iranian church in Seattle, Persian Church of the Good Shepherd. And then in 2001, right as the September 11 took place, on the day of September 11, 2001, Nahid and I were in a little small closet. Nahid and I were recording the entire New Testament into Farsi. When we, Right at the time that it happened, we prayed for the situation, the terrorist attack on our nation. Wow. And at that time, Nahid received the calling from the Lord that these terrorist, dark-minded people, they need not just the New Testament in Farsi, they need the entire Bible in Farsi. A few weeks after September 11, 2001, Nahid called a few other people, former colleagues of the Bible Society of Iran and American Bible Society, and they started translating the Old Testament into the modern language of Farsi, which we call it Mojdeh Bible, or the Good News Bible in Farsi, today's Persian version. So she started that process in 2001. In August of 2007, a group of church representatives from across denominations, pastors, church organizational leaders, bishops, archbishops, they gathered in Istanbul. They studied that word. They examined that translation and they laid hands and inaugurated, they dedicated that word, the Bible, the Farsi Bible, to the glory of God. So Nahid felt her ministry is over. But by the end of that evening, all the 5,000 copies of the Bible were gone. Today is 2023, 22 years later. She is not complacent that there is enough Bible. There is more Bible needed. And that's what she does for the Bible Society of Iran. What is the name of the country, the only country in the world that allows any language Bible, the Bible in any languages to be distributed in that country except the national language. What is the name of the country that Bible is allowed to carry, to own, to be owned in any language but the national language? And what is the name of the country that along with the other two has a, a Bible society, an active Bible society but outside its border? The answer to all those three questions is Iran. The Islamic Republic of Iran does not allow one single copy of Farsi Bible into Iran. Now, let me invite you by just telling you a true fact. What is the name of the country that by God's grace and God's mercy, the Bible Society of Iran in Diaspora can deliver a one copy or 100 or 1,000 copies of the Bible safe and secure within one week. And that is, again, Iran. And as you say, the people there are hungry for it. They want it. They see it as something they want to have. Christians want to have it. Muslims are curious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, even in your case, you wanted to go to church to argue with them and, and help them see the error of their ways. Uh, what better way to help a Christian see the error of his ways than to study the Bible? And so, so we hope that is happening. Brother Mansour, as we finish up, we always try mm-hmm. to equip listeners to pray. Amen. So how can we this week, how can we pray for the Islamic Republic of Iran Hallelujah. and mm-hmm. for the Messiah, Jesus, to, to reign over that country? Friends, uh, 
October 2022, a major movement in Iran took place. People came to the streets shouting, women, life, freedom. They were shot by the Iranian government. Among them, I have a lot of pictures that people in the streets of Iran shouting for women, life, and freedom. They are wearing T-shirts with a cross on it. I have pictures of people that they have cross necklace sticking out of their T-shirts. They need your prayers. As they are seeking peaceful change in the government from the devil and the dark days in Iran that the devil is spreading its dominion over the uh, people of Iran by hegemonizing the Iranian people. Let us pray because you know what? Christ is the answer to all women, to the life-seeking people and to the freedom-seeking people. Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, appeared to women first on the day of the resurrection. Throughout the history, there have been many more women following Jesus Christ than men. Let us pray for the women of Iran to meet Jesus Christ. Life, indeed, Jesus Christ is the eternal life. He is the truth. He is the life for everyone, uh, including the Muslims. The people of Iran are being killed by the Iranian government. The people of Iran are being saved. Their lives have been salvaged by the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the third one is freedom. Wherever the spirit, the spirit of God is, there is freedom. Whenever Jesus comes, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, people experience freedom. And not just a f- political freedom. They are being freed from the dominion of the darkness of Islam. And there are millions like me. I am not alone. There are millions like me inside Iran and outside Iran. We have a mission. We need your prayer. We need one more Bible in Iran. When we call it one more lamp. When one lamp let the heart of Mansur Nowadays, 40-some years later, we have a pastor serving Iranians and Americans. We need one more Bible inside Iran. Contact Voice of the Martyrs and support the Voice of the Martyrs to send one more lamp into Iran. Amen. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.